So I'm really excited about this series. It's actually based or inspired by something that I was listening to online. How many of you are familiar with the Bible Project? Anybody heard of it? Okay, a good number of you. If you're not familiar with it, you definitely need to check it out. And what they did was uh, recently did a podcast series called Paradigm, where they talked about the way that they approach the Bible. And I listened to it, and I said, that stuff is so good. I have got to teach on that. I've got to talk through that. And one of the reasons that it's so important is that... that we are a biblically-based church. So that means that we try to organize everything that we believe and everything that we do around the Bible. And uh, I grew up in church, so that was a very familiar kind of feel to me. And then I went to college, and I was called into ministry, so I majored in biblical studies, minored in biblical languages, and... um, I was really surprised because even in the Christian college that I went to, there were some professors that seemed like it, they, they felt like it was their mission in life to kind of tear down your Sunday school faith. And um, there, that, that, there, I can see, you know, kind of the, the benefit to that because everyone, especially like somebody like me who's grown up in church, you're going to have to at some point figure out what you believe for you, not just because your parents believed it, not just because your church taught it, but you've got to internalize your faith. Uh, So you do need to kind of deconstruct a little bit and build it up on that foundation. But at the same time, I didn't really feel like it was that helpful to kind of like introduce all these doubts and questions without giving me some kind of means of figuring it out. And so some professors seem to do that. But uh, if, you're going to, if you're going to be a part of Cornerstone, and we are a biblically-based church, if you are going to have a mature faith, a faith that is yours and not just your church's faith, not your parents' faith, not your uh, spouse's faith, your boyfriend or girlfriend, and that's why you're here, th- then you have to internalize that. You have to figure that out for yourself. And we want you to be able to read and understand the Bible. And so what we want to do is present a paradigm for reading and understanding the Bible. And I think that's going to be really beneficial because even people who have been following Jesus for a long time are going to encounter things in the Bible that are a little bit off and really, you know, make you wonder and maybe don't make sense. And you've kind of said, well, I I believe the big picture stuff. I'm not so sure about that. I'm not sure how to deal with that, but um, I'm just going to set that off to the side. But it would be nice sometimes, right, to be able to kind of figure some of that stuff out. And because of my personality, when I was going through college and going through that process of internalizing my faith, uh, I when people would bring up questions, I was like, you know, if I'm going to preach and teach this, if I'm going to encourage people for the rest of my life to embrace the scriptures as God's word, then I've got to be able to understand everything, you know, and be able to give an explanation for all of these questions. And so it would really kind of throw me off when I would encounter something that I didn't have the answer for, I had a question about that I couldn't figure out. And at some point... I would often find, wow, there really are reasonable explanations for this. This does make sense. This can be figured out. And after that happens once, twice, 10 times, 20 times, 30 times, 
it becomes kind of like a pattern. And I became okay with a little bit of the loose edges around the fringe because I don't have to understand everything, but I can trust the God who knows everything. And so I hope that you will be able to come to that point as well. But in order to get to that point, you do have to kind of work through some of those issues. And that's what we're going to be doing over the next multiple weeks. So we're going to start off today by talking about what the Bible is not. What the Bible is not. And part of the problem that I think we encounter is we approach the Bible with a certain perspective or paradigm that's actually faulty. And it's not your fault. It's probably just you picked this up from the way some people talked about the Bible, the way it was presented to you, or just popular, understand, popular understanding of the Bible or the different things, ways that we use it. But it's, it's easy to get this a little bit twisted. And the question that comes up is, why do I get confused when reading the Bible? How many of you have been reading along and you get confused by something? You know, it's, it, it doesn't matter how long you've been reading the Bible. It doesn't matter uh, if you grew up in church or not. You're probably going to encounter some things that are going to confuse you. And part of what I want us to see is that it's, it's probably not your fault. It's probably the way that you were taught about the Bible. So I brought an entire library with me today that we'll look at. But, uh, you know, most of the time when you got your Bible, you were handed a Bible. Kent was showing me his Bible that he was given when you were, what, seven years old? This was not a children's Bible. It, th this was a massive Bible. And what, what version was it? The King James Version, so you know every seven-year-old is going to understand that really well. And often when we get our first Bibles, we're handed this and we're told this is God's Word. And what should you do? You should read it every day and, you know, you're like, okay. And so, you know, silly you, you know, you get a book and you begin at the beginning, you know, like you read every other book and you're reading along and Genesis is okay and then... Exodus is, you know, let's get, and then Numbers and <laughs> Leviticus, and then you're like, okay, thank you, Pastor, <laughs> and it goes on the shelf for a little while, but, um, you know, and then you realize, you, you maybe come to realize over time, though, this is, this is, it's given to me as a book, but this is actually a bunch of all kinds of different documents written by all kinds of different authors over thousands of years and uh, trying to figure out, okay, well, is, is everything the same? You know, do, uh, do, how do I read this and how do I apply it when it says this? I'm not so sure about that and I don't understand this. And so part of it is just the way that it's given to you and the way that it's talked about and the way that it's presented. But um, you can get it kind of mixed up. And I think a good illustration that they bring up in the, in the Bible podcast, Bible Project podcast, is that, you know, it, it has to do with a, a, the purpose. So if I was to give you this cookbook, this is supposed to be a collection of the very best dishes in a bunch of different categories. Now, what if you were going to the store and you said, I need a shopping list. Will you give me a shopping list? And I'm like, sure, here, here you go. And I give you a cookbook. Now, can you get a shopping list from there? Well, yeah, actually, on just about every other page, there's a list of ingredients. 
And so I guess that's a shopping list, but does that mean I'm supposed to like buy everything that's in this entire book? Is that my shopping list? Or how do I choose which ones to purchase and how much to purchase and that kind of thing? So I, you might be looking for a shopping list, but if I give you a cookbook, that's not exactly a good, good match. Now, what if, what if you're saying, you know, I, I want to learn about weights and measures. I want to learn about the imperial system of weights and measures. Like, great, great. Here, here's a cookbook. <laughs> now, are you going to learn, you know, about cups and measurements and maybe inches, you know, cut that carrot in the uh, diagonal slices one inch long? Yeah, you, you, you probably will pick up on some weights and measures, but is that the purpose of this book? Is that what it's intended to do? No, and if you were asking for that and saying, oh, okay, this is a textbook on weights and measures, and you start looking through there and you're like, I see references to weights and measures, but I'm, I'm really not sure that's what it's supposed to do. Well, that's the kind of thing that can happen with the Bible as well. And so what we don't want to do is miss the point. But in order to know what the point of the scriptures is, you have to know what the point of the scriptures is. So that's what we are going to be talking about today. What is the point of the Bible? And what we're going to say is this. The point of the Bible is that the Bible leads us to Jesus. The Bible, its purpose is to lead us to Jesus. And so the practical application of that, what you can do to make you, your life better and make you better at life is to keep coming back and keep looking for Jesus in the midst of it. Keep looking for Jesus in the midst of it. Now, missing the point when it comes to the scriptures is not something that is new to us. It's something that has been going on for a very long time and in fact, in the passage that we're going to be looking at today, Jesus is dealing with his contemporaries and their determination to miss the point when it comes to talking to him. So in John chapter 5, we see Jesus giving some teaching related to keep, uh, not missing the point. And I'm going to read to you from the New Living Translation. It's John chapter 5, verses 31 to 40. Here's what it says. If I were to testify, and all this is Jesus speaking, if I were to testify on my own behalf, my testimony would not be valid. But someone else is also testifying about me, and I assure you that everything he says about me is true. In fact, you sent investigators to listen to John the Baptist, and his testimony about me was true. Of course, I have no need of human witnesses, but I say these things so that you might be saved. John was like a burning shine and shining lamp, and you were excited for a while about his message. But I have a greater witness than John, my teachings and my miracles. The Father gave me these works to accomplish, and they prove that he sent me. And the Father who sent me has testified about me himself. You have never heard his voice or seen him face to face, and you do not have this message in your hearts because you do not believe in me, the one he sent you. You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me, yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. 
Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we come to your word today, I pray that we will not miss the point that by your Holy Spirit, you would speak to each heart that is here, that you would open our eyes to the point of the scriptures, that we would see Jesus in the midst of the scriptures, and that you would speak to each one of us, correct and redirect our understanding of the scriptures to align it with what they truly are, and help us to keep coming back to you, coming back to your fellowship, your congregation, your family. Keep coming back to the scriptures with the point of, with the purpose of seeing you, encountering you, experiencing a relationship with you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so this week, we are once again synced up. What's happening on site here is also happening online and on demand. So that's nice if you uh, have to miss or if you're traveling or whatever, what you are experiencing here on Sunday morning is the same thing that is happening online and also on demand whenever you would like. And everything that we do, remember, is designed to inspire and equip you to follow Jesus wholeheartedly, knowing that following Jesus makes life better and makes you better at life and brings glory to God in the process. And if you're new here, we would love to be able to stay in touch with you, let you know what's going on with Cornerstone, encourage you in your uh, journey with Jesus. So if you're new here, start here. Text the word new to our church number. And again, this is in your growth guides as well, 603-225-2550 and we'll be able to do that. So today's point is that the Bible leads us to Jesus, and that is our paradigm for reading and understanding the Bible. Now, uh, you might, may or may not be familiar with, uh, or too familiar with what a paradigm is, but let me just go ahead and give you the dictionary.com definition of that. A paradigm is a framework, and so that's why the background to all of our uh, graphics there are frames, because all of us have a particular framework for understanding the world. Uh, Newtonian physics is a way of understanding the world. And in fact, this definition from dictionary.com, the first part of it actually focuses on the scientific view, uh, a framework for for a framework containing the basic assumptions, ways of thinking, and methodology that are commonly, and the dot, dot, dot is when they talk about science, and I just kind of skipped over that, but that's one way, you know, it's what's your paradigm for understanding the world? Basic assumptions, ways of thinking, and methodology. You picked up, if you've been around church, or maybe if you haven't been around church, some framework for understanding the Bible. What we want to do is kind of pull that out and look at it, and see if it lines up with what the Bible actually is. Uh, And that it's shared by members of any discipline or group. So the church that you grew up in, the family that you grew up in, the school that you went to, the degree that you got, probably all of these things influenced your framework for understanding the Bible. Now, I love the the Bible Project's uh, overarching statement for their framework, their paradigm for understanding the Bible. Let me give it to you. The Bible is a unified story 
that leads to Jesus, a unified story that leads to Jesus. Now, let me just kind of pull out a couple of those words to, to uh, talk about them. A unified story. Remember we said that the scripture is actually many different documents, many different types of document that are written over thousands of years by multiple authors. But the reason that we collect them all in one book and refer to them as the Bible is that there is a unity, there is a thread that runs through all of them. It is a unified story, a story. It's a narrative. It tells a story. And that story is the relationship of God, the creator, with his creation. I brought uh, today a notebook that is very special to me, um, and this I uh, re, 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 uh, rebound it and kind of made it fancy uh, for Sue Ellen for our 30th wedding anniversary, which happened last year. Now, for those of you that know our story, you know that we went to school together, but we were just acquaintances for most of that time. After she graduated and I was finishing up uh, my uh, last year of school, we had been in the same church, been in the same school, but we were just acquaintances, and we began writing to each other a little bit more, and that's how our relationship developed. At the beginning, in January of 1991, we were acquaintances by December 31st of that year, actually December 28th, we were married, and this is a record of that relationship. Neither of us had a car at the time. She had a roommate that was going to school at where we had gone to school, and so that roommate acted as the courier, and she would bring a letter in and drop it in the campus mailbox, and then I would write back, and she would deliver it the same way, and I kept these letters over the course of our developing relationships, because that the relationship, because that's how it develops. So at the beginning, we're just friends and they're just occasional, and then we got engaged, and then by the end of the year we got married. And in fact, the last page, one of the last pages, is our, our wedding invitation and our uh, a picture from our wedding. Don't look too closely at that. I have a lot of hair. That's, I, I sometimes joke, that was Sue Ellen's first husband. So, um, but this book, no, you can't look at it, is a very special book to me because it is a record of our relationship. Now, is it a textbook on Sue Ellen? Well, no. I mean, could you learn some stuff about Sue Ellen? Yeah, you would probably pick up some things by, uh, you know, is it a history book? Well, yeah, it tells the history of our relationship, but that's not really the point of it. The point is that it is a record of a relationship, and it's special to me because of that. What you have in the scriptures is a record of the relationship of the loving Heavenly Father God who created you and wants you to know about him and wants to know you better and wants, or actually, he knows you. He wants you to know him better. So that's a helpful insight into the paradigm of the scriptures. 
Now, this passage that we looked at is actually an exercise in people missing the point. And I'm not going to give you a lot of detailed scriptures from it, but let me just point out a couple of things so that when you go back and look at it again, you'll see it. Uh, First off, he's talking about John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. And John, his whole point, the whole point of his ministry was to point people to Jesus. And people were coming. They were flocking to him to hear his teaching and to be baptized by him. And Jesus says, look, you went out. You sent, you sent people to check it out. You love to listen to John. Some of you probably got baptized by John. But you miss the point of John if you don't come to me, Jesus is saying. And then he says, and some of you are following me around because of all these miracles that I'm doing, the works that the Father has given me to do. And you love to see them, and you love to eat the free food, and you love to get healthy and well. But if you just benefit from those, but you don't see and get an understanding of who I am and why I'm doing these things and who is empowering me, then you are missing the point. And then he says, look, you guys are experts in the scriptures. You're searching through and you, some of you have memorized the scriptures and so you're constantly looking at it. And you, what you're doing is you're trying to, okay, how do I get eternal life? What, what's, what's my to-do list? What are the things that I should do? What are the things that I shouldn't do so that I can have eternal life? And you're, you're combing through the scriptures and you're not seeing the forest for the trees, because the whole point of the scriptures is to point towards me. So they were constantly, constantly missing the point. And sometimes that's the kind of thing that can happen with us as well. And so we don't want that to be the case. We want to understand that the whole point of the Bible is that the Bible leads us to Jesus. So let me kind of deconstruct some of those ways that we understand the Bible, which are not necessarily bad, but they're certainly incomplete. And that's where we get kind of hung up. And most of it has to do with we look at the Bible as some kind of reference book rather than a record to and an introduction to a relationship. So let me tell you three things that the Bible is not. First off, the Bible is not a theological dictionary. The Bible is not a theological dictionary. Sometimes people say, okay, I want to know about God, so I need a Bible. And you open up the Bible, and you're looking, okay, well, what is God like? And then there's the record of this war and this flood and this, and some, it's, it's just not organized like that. Now, there's a place for that, and in fact, I have... Uh, a couple of great reference books here. This is uh, a Bible dictionary. And so that is set up like that. I can thumb through that and, okay, here's an entry on hypocrites and here's an entry on Jacob and the epistle of James and judgment. And so what they've done is they've taken what the Bible teaches and organized it as a theological dictionary, and there's a place for that, and it's helpful, but that's not what the Bible is. There's also 
here's a great systematic theology, and that's organized by, okay, what, is, what does the Bible have to say about sin? What does the Bible have to say about prayer? What's the Bible have to say about God's providence? There's, there's, there's a place for that, and it's based on the scriptures, but that's not really exactly what the Bible is. Now, will it give you insight into those things? Absolutely. But the Bible is not a reference book like that. Uh, one way that people get that kind of twisted and tripped up over is that the Bible, for example, uh, makes some scientific observations from time to time, but it is not a scientific textbook. And if you try to use it as a scientific textbook, that's probably going to cause you some problems. Because remember, the Bible was written over thousands of years, and it's observations. And do you think that the way that we talk about the world and understand the world is a little bit different now than it was a couple of thousand years ago? We've sent probes beyond the universe, beyond our known galaxy. We have uh, telescopes that can see to the edge of our universe. We have uh, sent people in submarines down to the bottom of the ocean. We have electron microscopes to examine the smallest details. And none of that was available to people. So it, we wouldn't expect people to talk about the world in the same way that we do. I mean, let me just illustrate this. Now, most of you, uh, I'm, I'm assuming all of you are pretty smart. You know that the earth revolves around the sun. Uh, what's orbits around the sun, okay? Um, but you probably would have said this morning, the sun rose this morning. Now, does that mean that you're lying? Because the sun doesn't rise. The, the world spins, uh, does it mean that you are deceptive? No. Does it mean that you don't understand the way the world works? No. You're just describing it as you experience it. And sometimes we see the Bible do the same thing. But if you try to approach the Bible as if it's a scientific textbook, a reference on science, you're going to get tripped up. That's not what it was designed to do. Now, what the Bible teaches is true is true. But it's not trying to teach you science, just like you're not trying to teach people science when you say the sun rose this morning. So the Bible is not a theological dictionary. It's not a textbook. It's not a science textbook. It's also not a moral handbook. It's not a moral handbook. It's not your, you, it, it does include some things that'll be helpful. It does give you reference to that kind of thing, but that's not its main purpose. Go back to my little notebook here. Now, is this a, a comprehensive thing to how to be married and have a successful marriage with Sue Ellen? You know, did, did she, when she was writing me letters, did she say, okay, if we're going to get married, here are the Ten Commandments. Here are the things that you're going to do, and here's the thing that I don't want you to do. No, it's not a moral handbook. Now, does it give me insight into her? Does it give me insight into how to have a good relationship with her? Absolutely. Is, it, is the Bible going to give you some moral guidance? Yes. But that's not its main point. And in fact, as you read through the scriptures, what does the scripture say about itself? That, that the law, the moral guidance was given so that you could see how you fall short in order to do what? to point you to your need for a savior. The point of the Bible 
is to point you to Jesus. It's not a moral handbook. Another thing that it is not is a devotional grab bag. Now, I, I love using devotions, devotionals. Uh, my hope is that each of you will read and respond to God's word on a daily basis, and we'll talk more about that as this series continues. But sometimes people look at the Bible as a devotional grab bag. Now, here's a devotional that I have. This is a classic. This is older than many of you in this room. Uh, it's called My Utmost for His Highest. This book is actually older. It's definitely written much uh, before any of us were born, I think. But um, here's how it's organized. It's got a date, and it's got a little title, and it's got a little scripture verse, and then it talks about the scripture verse. It's one page. You can read it very easily in a sitting. The whole idea is that it's designed so that you can understand it and just comprehensible, digestible, boom, you're done. Now, if you try to approach the Bible like that and you just flip it open to First Kings and read about the visit of the Queen of Sheba, I, you know, it's not organized that way. It, it, that's, that's not how it's organized. Now, do I want you to have a devotional life? Do I want you to read and respond to God's word on a daily basis? Absolutely. But that's not how it works. It's not how it's designed to work. It's not in these bite-sized, feel-good kind of things. It's a story, and it's telling you the story so that you can get to know the God behind the story. So if we are going to grow in our understanding, then we have to understand what the Bible is not. The point of the Bible is to lead us to Jesus. And therefore, if we don't come to Jesus, if we don't understand that, then we're missing the point of the Bible. And so just like every week, I will invite you, I'll ask you, I'll invite you to consider the question, am I following Jesus? Have I understood the point of the Bible? Have I responded to the point of the Bible? And that's to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. What does saying yes means? It means that you're saying yes to his work on the cross on our behalf that we want what he did on the cross to count for us so that our sins are forgiven, so that I have a clean slate, so that I have a fresh start, and I stand uh, not guilty before my heavenly Father. It also means that he's the boss, that he's the Lord, that he gets to call the shots. You're saying yes to Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so I encourage you to make sure that you have cross that line of faith, that you know where you stand in your relationship with your Heavenly Father. And if you're doing that for the first time, then please let us know. You can text yes to our church number, and then we'll be able to celebrate with you because it's the best decision you'll ever make and resource you for your new life with Jesus. So the Bible Project in their uh, podcast emphasizes what I r referenced earlier, that reference books only impart information, only impart information. But what we're aiming for with this is a relationship, a transformational relationship. And in fact, you can listen to the podcast, and I hope that you will over the course of this series. Also in your growth guide, you'll see the link where you can find the, the Bible Project's Paradigm Series podcast as well. Reference books only impart information, 
But the Bible is wisdom literature. We'll talk more about what that means in coming weeks. Wisdom literature, like the Bible, is designed to form certain kinds of people through convictions that become a part of their character. There's not a to-do list. There's not the Ten Commandments of Sue Ellen in this book. But as I know her and love her and get to know her and spend time with her over the years... I have a better and better idea of what it means to love her, and I want to do those things because I love her. It's forming me as a certain kind of person and certain convictions about what I want to and will do and will never do in our relationship that have become a part of the character the, the, of who I am and who we are together. And that's what the Bible wants to do for us, is to form us into that kind of people who are following Jesus wholeheartedly, who love him and love others as he commanded, and become that kind of person with those kinds of convictions and that kind of character. And that's what happens when you follow Jesus. So today we've talked about the point The point of the Bible is this, that the Bible leads us to Jesus. So what I want you to do, and the thing that you can do to make you better at life and make life better is to keep coming back. Keep coming back to a place like this where we're exploring the Bible and explaining it and pointing you towards Jesus in the process. And then as you look through the scriptures, as you come on Sunday mornings, as you read your Bible on your own, remember the whole point is to point you towards Jesus. And when you start looking for Jesus in the midst of those stories and in the midst of that record of relationship, you will understand him better. Let me give you just one little illustration that was pointed out to me. Most of us have probably heard the the story of David and Goliath. David and Goliath, David's a shepherd boy. He is uh, just a, a young man under King Saul of the Israelites. They're facing off against their arch enemies, the Philistines, and this huge giant Goliath comes out and says, pick one man who's going to fight me. You know this story. Then David, nobody wants to fight him. It's, it's, a, it's a certain death sentence. David steps up and he offers to do so. And uh, Saul offers his armor. He puts the armor on. It, it's ill-fitting. It's not what he's used to. That's not how he fights. He puts it off to the side and he takes those five smooth stones and he goes out with his slingshot and faces down the giant. Now, the deal that they had made, that they had offered, was this. Rather than our whole armies fighting each other and all these people dying, just pick one person. And if that one person wins the battle, then everybody wins the battle. And so they go out, and David slings that stone, and it's embedded in his forehead. He falls flat to the ground. He takes out... Goliath's own sword and cuts off his head, he wins the battle for himself and also for everyone else. Now, what's the point of that story? The little guy can make it happen, right? You know, uh, uh, God, if God is on your side, then you can do anything. Yeah, those things are true. 
But if the point of all the scriptures is to point you towards Jesus and you've got an enemy and you're going to lose the battle because there's a giant out there. But someone, a son of Jesse, is going to step into the battle for you and fight the battle for you and win the battle for you. And you're not going to be a slave. You're going to be free. Does that sound like anybody to you? Maybe another son of David that would come later and fight the battle for you and win the battle that you could not win on your own. And all you have to do is be a part of his people to be included in his victory. Jesus has won the battle for you. And the point of the Bible is to point you to Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you, Lord, that you do point us towards your Son and that you love us so much that you revealed yourself to us throughout history and through your scriptures. And I pray, Lord, that you would continue to do so for each one of us, that we might know you better and love you more as a result. Father, as we gather together and talk it out with one another, I pray that you would continue to add insight and encouragement to us. And I thank you, Lord, for sending Jesus to fight our battles and to win our victory, both now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So here's what we do. Stick around your table. Talk through those three questions that are on the screen and in your growth guide. And then it's up to you to figure out when you are finished and when you are released. Have a great week. So glad that all of you are here today.